Are we live now? Are we live now? Blessing Highly Flavor Podcast. A your boy, Young Ty. And today, we're switching it up for you, baby. I'm with the dopest, one of the dopest artists coming straight out of the 441 Bermuda, to be exact. Jade Hassel Wagwan. Hi, everybody. What's up? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No, no. Thank you for having us. So, let's jump right into it. You're a professional artist. Yes. When did you actually take the plunge and decide you wanted to be an artist? So my journey to being an artist is like totally unconventional. Um, it's not like your traditional, like you go to art school initially first and then, you know, you do your bachelor's and then you go to master's, whatever. It. I actually had like a non-traditional path. Yeah. I went away to school. I went initially as um, a pre-medicine so I was studying medicine at first I was a candy striper at the hospital oh yeah when I was 16 so you know I loved the hospital and I loved volunteering and stuff so I was like hmm, maybe I want to be a doctor so I you know went to school did that that didn't happen I was like this is not for me yeah. um, you know started doing some like practical stuff in the hospitals overseas and was just like mm, this is not right but because I had a full scholarship from Bermuda government I decided to stick it out and ended up graduating with a master's I'm sorry with a, a bachelor's degree in public health so I finished that degree initially and then afterwards came back home tried to find a job you know how that goes yeah and couldn't find anything so I was thinking about you know what can I do next and um, at the time I was working and you know just like being in Bermuda is so difficult um, sometimes like securing a really great job and so I was thinking okay maybe it's time for me to go back to the drawing board and go back to school so I ended up going and um, went to law school so it was yeah. doing premier first so yeah, I was going to say, so first you're doing pre-med, Madison, and then law school, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was definitely a lot. Um, I actually, to be honest with you, going to uh, law school was the best thing that happened for me because it was actually there that I decided that I wanted to be an artist because I was going and, you know, it was so taxing for me. And, you know, I just knew that I wasn't living my purpose. And so... Um, going to law school, I needed that. I needed to be doing something that was so far away from what I actually wanted to be doing that it sort of cleared the path and made everything make sense. Yeah. Um, and so I made the decision when I was in law school to leave and just pursue being an artist. So that was difficult because... I, I bet it was like a, a very, very hard decision. Yes, because I'm like saying, you know, I could go back home and I can have a great job. You know, I can have job security. I can make good money. So, you know, sort of like walking away from all that stability um, was difficult for me. And so I was just thinking about my life. To be honest, no, to be honest with you, I was actually thinking about death. I was actually thinking about death. Where did death come into play though? Why, why'd you start thinking, like, why'd you go so dark? It, to be honest with you, it actually wasn't dark. It was actually more so from the standpoint of like, if I died, would I feel happy looking back at my life knowing that I got everything that I have inside of me out? Mm. So it was like <laughs> this idea of like, you know, facing mortality and like, we don't really have that much time. And so for me, it was like, now or never, you know? So so it kind of put a fire under you yeah. and lit a fire within you absolutely. wow that's crazy yeah absolutely it changed everything for me like thinking about um death in that way that like 
life is also you know a part of death and so like as i was thinking about making this the decision to be an artist i was like okay i know that if i lived my life um you know being a lawyer being something that i know wasn't really true to me I would have felt like I was dying every day. That would have felt like death to me. Sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not so morbid. Yeah, it's not so morbid, but no, seriously, I think it's we true. all it's have true. to like ask ourselves these questions. Like, what is it that we are supposed to be contributing to society? You know, what are we supposed to be um, thinking about and aligning ourselves with our purpose? And one of the one of the best decisions that I ever made was doing this and taking that leap of faith because one thing that happens is like when you do that, like the universe sort of meets you halfway. And so I've never had to worry about money ever since I've made the decision. And it's been the best thing ever for me. So you trusted yourself and everything worked out for you. Yes, it worked out. Like better than I even imagined um, that it would. So yeah, it's been incredible. It's been an amazing journey. So I gotta ask you another question. You did live in China at one point, right? Did, did living in China affect your art in any way? Of course, my gosh. Okay, so first of all, I will say today is my graduation day from the China Academy of Art. Big up yourself. Yes, very exciting. Um, graduating with the Masters of Contemporary Arts. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank That's you so up. much. And, you know, it's been a long time coming. Three years in the making. Mm -hmm. Studying online because of the pandemic and stuff like that. During a pandemic. During man, a that pandemic. Must have, that, that must have been the hardest thing, studying during a raging worldwide pandemic. Yes, absolutely. So, um, well, first of all, let me answer your first question about how, how China um, affected my work. So, um, one of the things that uh, was really interesting about being in China was I was isolated. I was by myself. And so, yeah, it was rough, but I feel like I needed that time and that space because things sort of got quiet. You know, at first when I got there, I couldn't understand the language. I didn't really have many friends. Obviously, I had no family there. Um, and so you're literally like out of context. And so being in China, um, because they're so sort of like nationalistic and they have this like pride about themselves, they're very proud to be Chinese. Um, it actually made me start thinking about like what it means to be Bermudian and um, what it means to be a black woman. And and so I started thinking a lot about identity there because... So, um, sorry to cut you off. No was, was it like an introspective um, experience that you yes. had just being isolated? Yes, it was completely introspective. It was uh, meditative. It was... Um, sort of uh, zen-like and even being in China as well there was sort of like this yeah like I, it, what was interesting is like observing the way that people sort of like live their life there um it's sort of like a I don't know how to explain it, like a flow yeah like a zen flow and so I think just even observing that changed um, my life learning Mandarin changed the way that I like literally think in my mind because when you're um speaking Chinese and that's the other thing too I started to think in Chinese which is crazy I started to yeah, think yeah. in Mandarin yeah, yeah, yeah. right and so like Chinese language like there are many images and so you know I started to think in imagery started to think in pictures and so that helped me so much visually um, as an artist and sort of like laid that foundation and so um, coming from sort of like an Eastern uh, perspective is very different in art than if you were to be studying like in Europe or something from a Western um, like art historical canon. 
is is China and US are they really like worlds apart? When you're over there, is it like being in a different world? Yes, it's definitely like being in a different world. Um, but but the thing that's interesting about that is like China is so like it it's very connected with like its um, history. It's an ancient civilization. But it's so interesting to see the ways in which they keep that culture and they keep that history alive, like through their language, through calligraphy, you know, through just being the way that they are, like um, families, yeah. the way you know their food and language, like ev like they everything is sort of like for Chinese by Chinese, and it, like it's such a rich culture and history. Um, but it's yes very much so but it's so interesting to see that sort of play out in a modern day to see a society that's very much so connected with like their roots but they're so technologically advanced and yeah so it, it was amazing being there i mean back then in like 2015 i wasn't using like cash money we were already on digital digital money like that was years ago so it's so funny like seeing all the world they, catching they up yeah yeah wow. <laughs> so that was even interesting like that experience and so then you know sort of like fast forward a little bit um being in china in hanzhou which is one province away from wuhan mm -hmm. when Ooh. yeah we <laughs> you know, you, you know we know where wuhan is right we, we all know about <laughs> wuhan <laughs> <laughs> so you know just even being there for that was was crazy like and i think i should write a story or something about like my experiences please do, please do. yeah because it it was unbelievable like being there i i was on campus and um it was probably like january and this was even before things had even come over to the west everything was like i think we were just like just going into like chinese new year which everything sort of shuts down because it's like their yeah. national holiday yeah. And so, um, yeah, like I was still on campus and I just remember like everything, just everybody was freaking out. It was like, it was feeling like, I don't know, like it was like a plague happening. Yes. And everything shut down. We were locked inside the building. And so like food was being delivered to the building. Like we couldn't leave unless we, you know, had proof that we had tickets mm -hmm. to go directly to the airport. Like we were not allowed to leave the building. Um, and so, yeah, that was. I literally left with a carry-on suitcase. In fact, all of my stuff is still in China. No way. All of my stuff is still there because I literally left with a suitcase, so like a small, little, like little, little mini yeah. carry-on. Yeah, I left with that, and that was like all I, all I had. Yeah. So you just had to, you just had to boat. I just had. Oh to my leave. god. But the thing is, I thought that I was coming back. You know, I thought it was just going to be something that sort of like you know, rolled over. No one ever thought that we would have been three years into a pandemic. You know? I think everybody thought that initially, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question, mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> How's that affected your artwork? Because I know, you know, mental health wise, not being able to move, just, I could, I could list a million things mm -hmm. of what the pandemic has, the effect the pandemic has had on us as people. But as an artist, it's got a, you know. Yeah, it's, it's levels, it's levels, Never. it's levels. <laughs> so the thing that was um, really interesting for me about um, the pandemic was my career started to take off, right? So it was like this weird moment, you know, we were in like this moment of like Black Lives Matter. We were in this moment like where everyone sort of like got quiet, things sort of got still, nothing was moving, nothing was happening, you know, and so 
that was actually like a blessing, you know, just to be able to step back and listen and um, sort of get one with what it is that it is that I want to communicate in my work. And so um, the pandemic, I think everybody started to slow down and started to think about like what actually matters, like what really is important and sort of like ask ourselves like tough questions. And so um, I actually was working on my exhibition uh, for Bermuda National Gallery, my solo exhibition that opened, yeah, in um, 2021. I was working on it during the pandemic. And so I went through like so many changes and layers and emotions and yeah, so many things like making that work. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I felt like I needed that time and that space that the pandemic sort of offered um, where, I, where nothing else was really happening just to be able to just like really focus on that work. Zoning, yeah, Zoni yeah. and it was like months of like, you know, writing and researching, you know, I was in Bermuda Alcott, like all of the images that I was taking like over the past like three years collecting like archival imagery. Was this for your, um, your exhibition with the collages? The, the collages that you had? Yeah, so so they were digitally um, collage uh, images that were um, that were sort of like coinciding with uh, names that I had gotten from Bermuda Archives. So yeah, it was sort of like tapping into like Bermudian heritage and history. And you know, also what was interesting was that I was in the UK like working on this. So I also think like being in the UK and looking at colonial records, um, because the, the slave registers that are in the archives are actually receipts for the British government for like the releasing of enslaved people. And so, I, I never knew that. I yeah, never. it was receipts like people were paid money to free people. Right, right. Um, and so when you even think about like where we are in this present moment, like, let's be real where we are right now people are living off of that money you know and it's like the foundation of like yeah like where we are and like um sort of like a wealth gap that we experience today and you know was the foundation for inequality that we're still sort of like living through and working through and so yeah so you know it was a lot that i was thinking about in this work and i think being in the uk um also sort of like prompted that as well right um and so that that's also what's interesting too about like um my work is that the work is sort of so steeped in Bermudian heritage and Bermudian culture and Bermudian history. Um, but I really became interested in investigating Bur what it means to be Bermudian um, when I was in China, because I think sort of like that distance makes you like interested in, in yourself and like your heritage and stuff like that. And so the, the work, although it comes up out of um, intangible space which which i believe to be true it's also very much so connected with me having sort of like distance from him like there's sort of like this nostalgia and um history that i'm i'm so, seeking so to yeah you yeah. yes absolutely and yeah. so the work is you know about bermuda by a bermudian and i think fundamentally like it, it's about that it's about identity constructing and deconstructing identity um, but I, I think at the core level of like what I'm trying to do with my work is like investigate like what it means to be a human being. <laughs> so deep. Now that's deep, baby. <laughs> Jade, yes. what do you have coming up? What can you tell us about what you got going? 
Yeah, so I have lots of things in store I'm really excited about. Um, like I said, I just finished my master's, so now I feel like I gotta hit the ground running, like with my career. Um, what, what's been a blessing though is that like my career sort of sort of already started before I even finished my degree, which is is sort of rare. Um, yeah, yeah. And so. so yeah, I sort of feel like I have a little leg up. Yeah, you yeah. know, I started you know already running a bit. Yeah, a little head start. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and so now I feel like I just need to keep that momentum. And so um, I have a biennial uh, coming up in October. Um, the Mali Biennial, which I'm super excited about. I'm going to be installing um, an installation there. I have a group exhibition in South Africa, which I'm really excited about. A residency in New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> So lots of lots of things happen. The young lady's busy. The young lady's busy. Busy, and you know I'm blessed. I I feel you know grateful that you know I could wake up every day, go and do what I love, live my dream, um, be true to myself. Because I think one of the things that artists do in general, like I feel like artists are truth tellers yeah. and storytellers and disruptors. And so the fact that I could like wake up every day and do that, like. It's my dream. I mean, I quit law school to do this. You know, so this was like plan A, B, and C for me. There was no other, no other plan. So the fact that like I, I'm doing this, and um, you know, people are receptive to the work, and you know, it's being celebrated in public space. I'm getting um, you know opportunities and stuff. Is you know, it's a it's a blessing and it's a dream come true for me. That being said, you know, a person like me who doesn't really know that much about art. I just want to say you're, you're getting us interested in it. You're, you know, I can relate to somebody like you. You know, you're a black person. Yeah. You're from Bermuda, yeah. and you're doing big things. And I just want to say you keep going because we're, we're loving it over this side. We're loving it over this side. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, and on that note, today, what's your socials? So everybody can find me on Instagram, um, hassle underscore free. Or you can uh, find me at my website, www.jadehassle.com. There you have it, baby. Bless and highly flavored podcast. Stay blessed. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for having us. <laughs> Shameless plug. I just want to plug. plug, away, plug, away, plug away. <laughs> so I wanted to plug um, Bermuda National Gallery, which we are standing in um, here at the Bermuda Biennial. And this is the first biennial that they've included Bermudian poetry and literature. So please come and check it out. You know, some of Bermuda's most prolific artists are in this space. Come and check it out. All are welcome. Um, so come and see. Jade Hassel, stay blessed.